Good day to all you cool cats and kittens. Hope that isn't trademarked. This is Josh Belcher, host of the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Hope you're still keeping your head above water and your sanity in check during this quarantine. As we found out, we've got a couple more weeks to go. A kudos to you staying safe and healthy. I've been praying for the ones that aren't as fortunate. Uh, hopefully we'll pull through this real soon. And the world as we know it will get back to normal. We can start going back out again, listening to concerts live. Uh, but also really cool that we can watch them on uh, social media. You know, really digging that. Thanks to all the musicians and comedians who have been out there doing their efforts uh, to keep us entertained. Um, meanwhile, to keep my mind uh, kind of... Uh, off of some of the turmoil i've been watching the dark side of the ring which is you can watch on vice that's where they talk about wrestlers that have gone bizarre uh killed people or been murdered uh, it's a whole bunch of you know cheesy stuff uh and dark stuff as well i've really been enjoying that if you're a fan of wrestling or not just see what people do behind the scenes uh, dark side of the ring on vice is something i uh, would really recommend checking out that and of course 90 day fiance uh, the biggest train wreck on earth. Love watching that. Um, that's, uh, you know, a weekly thing. I've been watching The Masked Singer. That's a pretty cool show. Uh, i got three right now that I'm pretty sure I know who's behind the mask and who's singing. Uh, pretty comfortable uh, with those picks and can't wait to see as they get unmasked to see if I'm right or wrong. Uh, really cool, cool show there. So with that being said, I'm really pumped about the guest we had this week. We had comedian John Reap, funny man who was supposed to be in Nashville at Zany's in two weeks. He was going to be the first performer uh, when we opened back up, but they postponed it till after May indefinitely, so he had to do some rescheduling of his shows, but was kind enough to talk to us, tell us about his awesome podcast, Country-ish. Be sure to check that out on social media, wherever you listen to music. Then we had drummer extraordinaire, Mr. Jim Riley, the drummer and band leader of Rascal Flats. Now, what a thrill this was, because as a drummer, I love picking the brains of drummers I admire. Jim is a hardworking man who uh, came from the bottom, accomplished all his dreams, and then some. Uh, He's talking about what he's doing during quarantine. Uh, He's very much into music education, how he's still reaching his students, as well as getting geared up for the farewell tour, world tour of Rascal Flats. So got to talk to him, and special thanks to stand-up comedian, the church comedian, Brandon Skelton, for lending his talents, helping me uh, with both interviews. We He sat in for both, and we had a really, really good time. So I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. Uh, without you, this podcast would not be possible, and I appreciate you taking the time to give it a, give it a whirl, because without you, uh, there's no point. And uh, I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, because it's a fun thing to do. And I enjoy the old podcast. So let's get her started. Josh Belcher, Uncharted Podcast, and away we go. Next up on the podcast, comedian John Reap, winner of Last Comic Standing. You've seen him on Netflix on Brad Paisley's Comedy Rodeo. He was in Harold and Kumar Escape, Guantanamo Bay. He was even on East Bound and Down go to social medias you can enjoy his walkie talkie time that's where he uh, has a little bit of live Q&A while he is walking with his mamosa Uh, you can check out his really awesome podcast called country-ish wherever you listen to podcasts or wherever music etc is available 
Uh, special thanks to uh, comedian Brandon Skelton helping me uh, interview him. So away we go. John Reap on the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Thrilled to have on the podcast this week one of the funniest guys ever to put his mouth in front of a microphone. Uh, Brandon and I are very excited to talk to John Reap. John, how are you doing this wonderful enclosed day? <laughs> it's actually not a bad day here in Hickory. Uh, I'm hunkered <laughs> down. I uh washing my hands, uh doing all the necessary crap. It's boring, man. Um it's kinda it's kinda weird, but it's a good day today. It's a good day today. It's nice and sunny out. Uh just uh, you know, because I had to cancel a lot of gigs, man. I I was supposed to be in Vegas, I was supposed to be in LA. I, I mean, my next gig was going to be in Nashville, April the 30th, Uh Um, but that's, I just talked to the club owner today, Dorfman over there, and he's like, well, you know, it's not looking good, so why don't we just move you till till the end of the year, so I will be back in Nashville in December, I'm doing New Year's Eve. Oh, right on. What a way to ring it in. Yeah. Yeah. I was a... I was talking to my wife, you know, letting her know I was going to be speaking with you today, and she said, "And wait a second, he's the one that tells the story about his dad putting a bag of rocks on his back to fix the pool." I said, "That is the one." So, you know, she got all excited. I'm a celebrity in my own home now, just because I'm getting a talk to you. Well, great. I hope it helps, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a true story. And in fact, I was literally about ten minutes before I called you, I was getting leaves out of that pool, that same pool. Awesome. Yeah, because I saw uh, I saw you did a little live feed today while I was driving delivering paint. That's my that's my right. fiber. I was watching you walking around talking live <laughs> between traffic stops, and I was like, "Wow, it looks pretty nice where he's at." So yeah, it's nice. I mean, we had a, I don't know if those uh, those storms have hit you guys yet, but um, we oh no yeah you it would hit you first. Hello yeah. Well, <laughs> um, in Chattanooga. Chattanooga, right. So we got we got those storms, and um, I really and we just got a. This pool is going to be the death of me. I just know it <laughs> because honestly, and I know it's like it's one of my favorite stories to tell about my dad, and it is a true story that this pool has never not leaked. Um, it's always had, even if it's just a minute little hole somewhere that we can't find. It's always leaked a little bit of water, and we just got a brand new liner put in it like a week ago, and we're and we're all set. And then of course here come these thunderstorms, and yeah. we're thinking, oh shit, there's gonna be a, a lawn chair in the pool now. But um, <laughs> but it's uh, it held up so far, so good, man. That's that's awesome. Hey, uh, uh, speaking of which, is you you're back home? I'm assuming you probably stay in like L.A. or something, or were you were there for Easter? Did you have a good Easter? I did, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you know the whole story. I moved. I was living in Los Angeles for about 18 years. Uh-huh. And I moved back to Hickory about oh almost two years now. Um, right. Yeah, long story short, my dad had a stroke. Oh. And, yeah, he's now in a skilled nursing facility. He's paralyzed on his left side. And um, it, do- it doesn't look like he's ever going to walk again. But I moved home to help, and my mom's never lived by herself. She's yeah. got glaucoma. She's got brittle bones. She's taking eye drops all the time. She can't lift him up. 
so we physically have to have him somewhere. But it's tough on mostly, I mean, everybody but my mom especially. So I just decided to uh, sell my condo in Los Angeles and come on back home and, and look after the folks for a little while. Well, God bless you. You're, a, you're an awesome man. That, that's good to hear a story like that. Uh, I mean, not not with the situation, but that you were able to come back. I mean, we're, we'll pray for your father now that we know that. But, uh, you know, uh, it sounds like you're you're holding up the uh, the family there, trying to keep them steady. So uh, kudos to you for that. Thanks, man. It is, I mean, it's tough, but um, I was very happy that, I mean, in a weird way, the timing worked out perfect. Um, it was almost like weird and, and cosmic in the cards or, you know, from God or something like that I came home when I did, because if I were still living in Los Angeles and my dad had this stroke and then, and then, and now a pandemic hits, yeah, um, it was like I mean, really, I got out of Los Angeles at the at the perfect time. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, I mean, being being a Southern boy like uh, the three of us are, there's no place like being out in the woods somewhere in Appalachia. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're close to it. Um, yeah, yeah Hickory's about an hour from the Appalachian Mountains, so I like to tell people even the hillbillies look down on us. <laughs> oh man well uh yeah uh, hey brandon well yeah i was uh just kind of curious i was listening to your uh ginger beard uh man album and um you know you're talking about living in la and what have you and what was it like being a southern comic with that strong southern accent and being on the west coast because you know when i'm doing shows in the south obviously i fit right in but when I go outside of, of my geographical region, I, I kind of give everybody a moment to adapt to the accent. Yeah, it sucks that you kind of have to do that, and you don't even think about it when you when you start out in your own neck of the woods. But over time, uh, I've had to develop comedy around it just so I could move on, mm-hmm. um, which kind of sucks because, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't come up with bits about my accent because I didn't even know I had an accent until I left <laughs> yeah. North Carolina, but um, it's tough. I tell people, uh, you know, doing my act in the South is kind of like a celebration of the South. Mm-hmm. And then when I do my act outside of the South, in New York, California, it turns into an explanation of the South. And I'm, <laughs> I mean, it's weird. They're still laughing at stuff, but they're not celebrating. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, whereas here it's like, hell yeah, you know, (laughs) so, uh, it's weird how the jokes can work for both sides, but that's why I've come up with the whole term, you know, I'm a Metro Jethro, like I'm half hillbilly, half not, uh, grew up in Hickory. The word Hick is in the town's name. Uh, I used to work at a Goodyear changing tires. I moved to Los Angeles, so I've been in movies and TV shows and sitcoms and commercials. So I've got both sides working. I'm not 100% redneck, but I'm not no city slicker either. I'm this weird hybrid of both, um, <laughs> which is what also the podcast that I do called Country-ish is a little yeah. bit of that too. Yeah. I was going to bring that up because that Goodwill hunting thing, man, that that is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> uh, it's actually a buddy of mine's idea. Uh, my buddy... So on the podcast, I got a buddy named Mark Hunt. Um, I tell people he's Marcus Stamos. See, we're we're trying to we're trying to trick people into listening to this that think that maybe they're gonna 
see John Stamos's little brother, Marcus Stamos. Um, <laughs> but it's not even, I mean, he just kind of looked, it just happened one day random. Oh, I got to tell you this story. Okay. Yeah. So I moved back home. I'm hanging out with my buddy, Mark Hunt. And he's a good looking dude. Um, and he just got divorced. And so he's single and he's, he's out uh, flirting with girls and whatnot. And, I, and one girl says, uh, yeah, you kind of look like John Stamos a little bit. And then ever since this one girl said that, I'm like, okay, we're going to use this to his advantage. And so what I did was I went out and made business cards that said, and I, and I got a headshot. I, I went to his house and I took pictures of him. I didn't tell him what, I, I didn't tell him what I was doing. I just, I told him I was going to make his Facebook profile better. But anyway, I went to his house and I took some headshots and, uh, I bought business cards and I put his face on there and it said uh it said Marcus Stamos, actor, producer, John Stamos's brother. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's all it says on the business card, but at the very bottom there's a website that says MarcusStamos.com. I bought the URL and we made a website um <laughs> Just so people, like, if he meets a girl, I go, here, here's his card. He's a little shy, but that's actually Marcus. That's John Stamos's little brother. And then <laughs> and then they'll look up the website, and they'll go, oh, my God. I had a buddy of mine go up and look look up uh, photos of uh, John Stamos from Red Carpet stuff and put, put Marcus's head on people that was next to him. So it looks like there were brothers <laughs> hanging out. Like I got, this is what happens when you, uh, when you have a lot of free time during a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> that's committing to the joke right there. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, after a while it started working, girls would laugh at it and go like, oh, okay, but not really. Now it's funny. But, but what happens is it plants that seed in their head of like, well, he does kind of look like a Stamos. And so, <laughs> so that nickname has stuck with him, uh, you know, on his behalf, on his, uh, you know, to his advantage. But on the podcast, I also say that we have Marcus Stamos, John Stamos's little brother, on my podcast. <laughs> now I'm um, full of shit. I'm full of shit about it, but I'm hoping that it'll trick people into listening, and then they get hooked. Yeah, wait till somebody shares that with John Stamos, and then you've got him on there with you. I've been trying. I hope that he finds out. Yeah, the the closest I got to him was about three years ago. He came to the Ryman and, and did a little ditty with the, uh, re, the the remainders of the Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. He plays drums with the Beach Boys sometimes. Yeah, time. couldn't get very close to him. He was in and out, but. Got, got to see a, got to see some of that you know breezy hair and smell some of his mud. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard he's got a good sense of humor, so he probably wouldn't care anyway. But that's not the only celebrity we have on the podcast. Tell us. Um, we also, I mean, Marcus Stamos is just one. Um, <laughs> have you ever heard of a guy named Sebastian? Uh, Sebastian, I've heard of a couple of Sebastians. Okay. Well, we have a Sebastian. Okay. <laughs> um, the goal there was uh, I have a buddy named uh, Sean Setzer. He's a tall guy. Um, he's also sort of a, a ladies' man, a coxman, if you will. And um, he uh, he came up with a fake name a long time ago called Sebastian. There's a whole story behind it. But there's also a comedian named Sebastian. There's two of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm kind of thinking, like, if I just say Sebastian, people will go, oh, it's got to be one of them two. Um, <laughs> but it's really just my friend Sean. Um, uh, now, the final uh, celebrity that we have on the podcast, have you ever heard of a, a guy named Alan Jackson? I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. Familiar with him a little bit, yeah. Yeah, we have the Alan Jackson on my podcast. You do? Now, yes. Uh, he just happens to have the name, the same name as a country singer. Um, but it's a guy I went to high school with. His name just happens to be Alan Jackson. I mean, he's not crazy about a Mercury. He doesn't go way down yonder to the Chattahoochee. He's just a friend of mine. So that's just, you know, that, but that one's true. That's his real name. Yeah. Uh, and these, these are all your high school buddies, right? You're talking about, uh, what was it? Fred T, uh, is it is Fred, Fred T. Ford? Fred T. Ford High School. Yeah. Hi. I went to Fred J. Page in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Okay. Lots Speaking of Fred, of, Fred schools out there. Yeah, Fred's. And then uh, when me and Brandon are together, we look like Barney and Fred. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very what, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, speaking of high school, I heard somewhere, and I, I can't remember where I heard it or I listened to it, but you wandered around uh, Russia before the wall came down when you were in high school. Is that right? Yeah, that's a true story. <laughs> Um, and so, 19, wait, are you responsible for bringing down the wall? That's what, you know, I mean, it's, you yeah. have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, Alan Jackson was there with me too. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah. So it's weird, right? There was a uh, a program that was founded by Dwight D. Eisenhower in the '40s. Uh-huh. It's called People to People, and the idea was you would send the youth of America to other countries to hang out and get to know the youth of other countries, really in just an effort to, to promote world peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so certain high school kids were selected to go, you know, if you had good grades or if you were big into like uh, social activities in your school or whatever, they would pick random people and you were qualified to be a diplomat, uh, you know, to, to in this program. Now I did not get selected because I made, C's, D's, the occasional B in high school. Um, But my brother, I have a younger brother who made straight A's. He got selected. Now, if you get selected, you're allowed to bring one friend. So my dad goes, you're bringing your brother. Um, (laughs) So I was forced to go to Russia in 1990 for three weeks, and it was an awesome trip. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I have yet to go over there. The the main thing I want to find if I ever get to go in that area is a musk deer. Are you you know what a musk deer is? Uh, I imagine it's a huge uh, Russian deer on steroids. Well, what it is is the it's it's a weird looking deer. Uh, you can Google it; it's worth the Google. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's a deer. Its antlers actually grow out of its mouth, so it looks like it has razorback teeth. Oh shit! But what it's known for is that. Uh, when the females are in heat and they secrete, this musk comes out of their hind end. It's what they make cologne with, and like it's like two or three thousand dollars for like a jar of it. Oh my God, I've never heard of this. Yeah, of course it's you know way up in the woods and mountains of you know Russia, and Putin won't let you bring one home. But I'd like to just go maybe scoop up behind one for about an hour or two. That sounds like something they'd put in like uh, you know a erectile dysfunction pill. <laughs> You know, like, like this, this shit's got, yeah, it's got the, the fucking deer musk from Russia in it, man. It get hard as a brick. 
this is, That's, uh, this, this yeah. is, a, this is the remnants of a musk deer from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> this is Putin's musk deer. Uh, okay, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man. One more question. Uh, your Tiger King stuff. Did you watch the Q&A on Easter, and what were your thoughts? Uh, I have seen all of the Tiger King. I have not seen the newest episode. Okay. Um, where apparently there is uh, Joe McHale doing a Q&A or something. Yes. I he have has, not seen that one yet. He talks to everybody, but Mr. King himself and Carol Baskin. But uh, it, was, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting. Uh, what everybody has to say, you know, a few months later, like uh, the the most common thing, without giving away any spoilers, is everybody complains they can't go into Walmart anymore without getting, uh, you know, harassed for pictures and stuff. Wow, it's one of the best docu series I've ever seen. I love docu series. I love documentaries. Um, yeah. Have you seen? Uh, Oh God! Uh, wild, wild country. I saw that in my queue. I was going to watch it yesterday, but I watched a whole bunch of "I Am a Killer" instead. But yeah, yeah. wild country. Were they in Oregon? Is it Oregon or somewhere like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, Washington, I think. But um, okay. yeah, they. Uh, so apparently, uh, it, it's it's great. It's a little hard to follow sometimes because uh, everyone in it has a weird accent. So I definitely turn the subtitles on. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's crazy. It's a crazy story, and it's all and you get to see original footage from back in the day when they went through this crazy roller coaster. Um, so, I mean, uh, Tiger King is probably one of the best ones. I put Wild Wild Country right below it. Really, I got to watch it now. You, you yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, on Facebook, um, Facebook will let, let you have five thousand friends maximum. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, then you got to start like a fan page or a group or something, right? Sure. So I've been maxed out at 5,000 for a long time. Yeah. And I've got people who would like to be my friends, and I don't have room for them on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I try to tell them to go to my fan page. No one likes that, but whatever. So what I've de- done in an effort to thin the herd was <laughs> I would go, hey, I got new people who want to be on my Facebook page. So here's how I'm going to figure out who stays and who goes. Did you like Tiger King? If so, have you seen it? If you did see it, did you like it? And if anyone said I saw it and I didn't like it, I said, good to see you. Check out my fan post. I know. (laughs) If if you don't think that's funny, then you just don't get me, and there's no way we could ever be friends. Yeah, it's it's past politics now. It's it's, are you with Tiger King or are you not? It was really awesome to talk drums with this man, Jim Riley. He's the drummer band leader of Rascal Flats. Talked to us on the podcast, uh, telling us what he's doing during quarantine. He is a drummer, an educator, an author, and he is a very proud family man. He's telling us how he was getting to his students as far as lessons go, uh, uh, use of online and social media and stuff uh, like that. Uh, to uh, Rascal Flat's farewell tour and what they're going to do when uh, the country gets back up and running. Uh, talking a little uh, things he does while he's performing with drumming, little questions I had about that. And uh, comedian Brandon Skelton even asked him about how they got the name Rascal Flats. That's called coming up right now on Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. All right, we got Jim Riley, drummer, extraordinary band leader, all around awesome human being. Uh, keeping his uh, irons hot, got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, getting geared up for this uh, farewell tour with Rascal Flat. Uh, how you doing, sir? How you keeping busy? I am. 
I am doing good, man. I'm hanging in there. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, Brandon and I, we saw your post on social media. You went to the grocery store. That was pretty brave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of my – that was my first time uh, doing the whole uh, facial covering thing. It's a, it's kind of a new world, but I figured out, uh, well, uh, you know, if uh, for me, I, I'm one of those people that obviously I, I work in a uh, – I work in a in a place where you know we want people to gather in large groups, so uh, I, I want to do whatever I can to help us uh, push that push that forward and be safe at the same time. Oh yeah, uh, you know, talking about with the, with the quarantine and things going on, my family we love going to Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, and saw that you have an Airbnb up there. Does, are you still allowed to like rent that out right now, or is even things like that on shutdown? Um, well, that's, that's an interesting question. We we are allowed. Uh, we actually do have uh, somebody renting it this weekend. Nice. And, uh, but yeah, we uh, yeah. So it's kind of funny because you know, I mean, I guess you know, th- this is kind of a little bit of what these podcasts are all about: is people learning more about people and people learning a little bit of the inside scoop that you don't catch somewhere else. Yeah. So, so I, I'll tell you that you know, for me. My wife and I, you know, just had been just trying to diversify financially away from just having everything in the stock market. So we decided to get into some sort of real estate things. And we have a rental here in Nashville that's a long-term rental. We have some great renters that are in it. And then we decided we would get a uh, cabin in Gatlinburg because we love the area, but also because we felt like it's a, you know, it's a good investment. And so we thought it would be a win-win which we still believe it will be. But, you know, the thing is, is like we started, we agreed to buy it at the beginning of March. And then by the end of March, the whole world was a little bit different. So, you know, we're not going to be doing quite as well renting it, say, you know, April and maybe May, but uh, we're hoping all that stuff will uh, turn around. And uh, I guess we're thinking if we, if we can't rent it as much, uh, in April and May, we'll probably go up there a couple times ourselves and enjoy it. It's a it's a nice cabin. Yeah, for sure. As long as all your tenants and yourself uh, stay six feet apart from each other, you should be able to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, uh, you know, like you said, getting to know you a little bit better, uh, as a novice drummer that I am, I noticed that your phone number, without giving it away, has drum in it. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I kind of do that with my email and all sorts of things. I'm pretty easy to figure out that way. Yeah, but, I, uh, I, I just yeah, put the number. Kinda, yeah. yeah, that is kind of funny. I did that. It's kind of old school, but yeah. uh, you know, thinking about a, a you know a, an old school uh, button phone, you know, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, it's still pretty. I thought, hey, how neat is that? You know, you know, you never think about that. Like my name being Josh, I, I've attempted to do that, but drum. I was like, that's just perfect. A drummer. Yeah, drum. yeah, right. Uh, let's okay. Let's go into um, let's go into um, what was you gonna ask, Brandon? Go ahead. Well, uh, one, I just want to thank you because you guys have made me husband of the year on multiple occasions <laughs> by getting tickets to see Rascal Flats. I think I think we've been to see you guys maybe five times. Um, what, now, what venues have you come come see us at? Uh, watch you at Arkansas State University. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the first time we saw you was Bridgestone uh, when you guys were in the the all for the hall with Keith Urban. Um, oh yeah. And uh, which yeah, you know, that was that was awesome. Actually, the first time we saw y'all was there. My wife was like, 
it would be a dream to get to see a full concert of these guys, and I was like, I got to make it happen. Uh, and I yeah. think Arkansas State may have been the first one then that we saw a full show with you. It was you guys and uh, oh, not what it was um, Van Perry. I remember they were ones up yep. before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then saw you at the Grand Ole Opry. The last time we caught y'all was the uh, the hit tour that you did and went to Ascend Amphitheater. Uh, we caught you. I guess that was was that last summer that you guys did that. Yeah, one? yeah, at, at Ascend. That was our first time there, and uh, boy, that that was really great. You know. That was actually my first time at that venue, period. I, I hadn't been to a concert there. So uh, we we did that concert. And, you know, the, the tickets, that's a smaller venue. So the tickets were really in demand. And um, the tickets that they gave us for our, for our family were actually lawn tickets. Oh, wow. So I was closer so than your family and friends. So, so, what, so what I did was... I, I said, well, okay, I can't really control a bunch here, but I went before the uh, the doors open and I literally laid my family's blankets and stuff out in the in the absolute best part of the lawn. Oh, you know? oh. so then when doors opened, those were already taken, and uh, yeah. so we I watched the opener from from there, and it was it was really a great night. And then we went up and uh, I walked up and, and did my thing, and that's sort of one of the advantages of not being you know one of the, one of the star guys is you can, you know, you can kind of slip in and out of, uh, of, of the crowd. And, and a lot of people don't really realize it unless they're, you know, the big time fans that, you know, recognize me. Yeah. Well, let me, let me just say something there. Uh, to me, you're, you are the big star of the band. Um, uh, being a drummer, uh, yeah. there's never, there's never a time I haven't heard the opening to life is a highway and just not gotten pumped because that, uh, that time beat you do that, man, that just gets your blood pumping. I could just. Oh, man. We, well, there, there, I don't know that there's been a show that we've played that we haven't played Life's the Highway. You know, I mean, uh, it's, uh, that, that, that's obviously been, you know, a huge song for the guys. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, I, so we were just talking earlier and, and you mentioned that I had done that, uh, Instagram live for, um, for Gibraltar. And I, yeah. I mention it because um, Brent had texted me. He said, are you ready? And just like, I mean, we were literally going live in 30 seconds. And <laughs> sure enough, Gary LaVox calls me at that very moment. And I'm like, well, I got to catch this phone call. I mean, he's my boss. He's my friend. And I want to see what's going on. And, you know, he was just checking on me. And, uh, you know, we were just kind of talking and just saying how we can't wait to get back out there and do it. But the truth is we just don't know when when it's going to happen. You know, we don't know. I mean, you know, right now we're kind of going business as usual. You know, like we're, we're going to do the farewell tour. But the truth is we don't know yet. So uh, we just got uh, to kind of look and see uh, how things how things lay out in the next month or two and uh based on that you know we'll we'll possibly be able to uh get out there and bring some music to the people now we all have a will bridgestone or or uh will that be on that that last tour well bridgestone is october 30th okay, so that's okay. And, uh, yeah so i mean you know we're we're certainly hopeful but uh you know it's all definitely way above my pay grade i'm just uh i'm just you know, I, I just told Gary today, I said, you know, we you know, we just appreciate you and you know, I'm ready to run through a brick wall for you. 
I mean, that's just kind of what I've done for those guys the last 20 years, whatever they need. I'm, I'm there for them. And I think that that's uh, part of, you know, the key to my, uh, my longevity there is my passion for what they do, uh, you know, has never diminished. Yeah. Yeah. I want to tie, I'm glad you mentioned that everything you did for them, because one thing that also impressed me about you is not just your, your drumming skills, which are phenomenal. Uh, I mean, I, I love watching your tutorials and everything online. Um, you're also the band leader. Uh, what's it like being a band leader for a band of this magnitude? I mean, going through all that, I've always been kind of curious. Well, it's uh, it's it's great because I'm always working with world-class musicians. So, you know, to to lead a bunch of people like that, I mean, these people are the best at what they do. And so it really, it's just a matter of taking what they do and helping to focus it in the right direction. Uh, some of my my most proud moments of the last tour was just, you know, we we've got two guys in the band that are relatively new with us. They're you know they just they've been with us. They just finished their second year with us. And um, this last year, I was able to really help utilize their talents by saying, okay, well, we're doing this uh, we're doing this version of. Like I had an arrangement of Praying for Daylight, but I used some of these new guys to really put their stamp and their flavor on my arrangement. Or like one of the new guys had an arrangement of a song, but then he had a section where he wanted to change the chords and make them really kind of crazy. So I brought in the other new guy to kind of work on those chords and to take the talents that these guys have and to put them in the best position to, you know, make the show as uh, great as possible and, and and that was you know one of my prouder things about this year was just kind of putting those talented people in a position where their talents could clearly be seen but it's also really helping to uh, make the show like just really fantastic that's awesome yeah it's uh, it's kind of like the whole scenario the quarterback's just as good as his lineman right yeah absolutely i mean uh i i i, I had the pleasure over the last 20 years of working with a lot of phenomenal musicians and I've been I've been the one constant in the flats career for their entire career wow and um so I'm I'm you know hoping to uh keep that streak alive <laughs> yeah you were uh you were one of the first little rascals in the very beginning <laughs> yeah I mean I was uh I mean I was literally playing with them you know in the clubs downtown Nashville before they got a record deal. You know, we were playing $40 gigs together. So when they decided to, you know, they got a record deal and they decided to, you know, put, put a band together to go out on the road. Um, they, they called me and I was uh, more than happy to, to quit the job I was doing, which was with a great artist guy named Mark Chestnut. Yeah. Big, big yeah. artist in the nineties, which I really loved. Sure. And um, I was playing with Mark and he'd just come off a six week number one hit. And, um, I felt like these guys had a, a, an incredible upside, so I took a chance on them. They took a chance on me, and uh, it's worked out really great. And I've been able to – I was able to grow with the gig, you know, the responsibilities of being a leader of, you know, like a, a massive tour didn't happen overnight. You know, it started pretty subtly. Uh, I started the first year I wasn't even band leader. I was just playing drums. I was actually the last guy to get hired. Mm -hmm. wow. in the first band and then uh after the first year 
management came to me and said, you know, we don't want to make any personnel changes, but the guys would fee- feel more comfortable if you would take over the, the job as, as band leader. And so I did. And um, I was working with great musicians. And um, as those guys ended up leaving, leaving the, uh, the band, uh, ended up hiring new people and uh, putting together uh, some, some great bands over the years and um, developed my skills as a uh, musical director and, and, and band leader to the point where by the time we were on our, you know, biggest tours, you know, 2006 through, you know, nine or so, I mean, you know, 2007 tour, we were playing, you know, sold out shows at uh, Staples Center and Madison Square Garden. We had Taylor, a young, amazingly hot careered, Taylor Swift was opening up for us, and it was it was quite a it was quite an amazing tour. Mm-hmm. And that was we had twenty trucks of production on that tour. Wow, gosh, that's amazing. You know, the, the fun thing of about when we went and saw you guys at Arkansas State, you know, we, we was wondering how in the world we were ever going to get out of there. Well, it just happened that the the bus that y'all were on pulled right out in front of us. So we just jumped in there and rode you guys like right out of there. I think y'all were hitting the Tupelo the next night. So. <laughs> That's we funny. are falling on the Tupelo and thank them for getting us out of that parking lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, one thing, like I said, being being a drummer here intrigued is that I noticed you 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 play with headphones where a lot of people are like in ear monitor now. Uh huh. Do you do you still get in ears there, or is it basically like you listening to a live album when you're performing? Well, um, you know, the function of in ear monitors and the function of headphones are exactly the same. It's uh-huh. just the way that it's delivered is a little bit different. You know, the, uh, the in-ear monitors, obviously, you know, they go inside your ear canal. And um, yeah. that's not something I'm, you know, usually that comfortable with to begin with. But I do have in-ear monitors. I've used them. I have some really nice ones. Uh, but what what happened was, like, in the late 2000s, I was doing a lot of drum clinics during the day, and then I would do um, the the gig at night. And during the day, I would use the headphones, and at night, I was using the in-ear monitors. And what I found out was I was happier during the day when I was using the headphones. Mm-hmm. So the next tour, I just started the tour with headphones. Gary kind of looked at me and went, that's cool because for Gary, anything different or weird is cool. He likes yeah. to see, you know, if you're expressing yourself and it's different or weird, he's he's into it. So he saw the headphones. He was like, cool. Yeah. And that was the end of it. So, I mean, you know, the late 2000s, I mean, it's been, you know, probably, yeah. you know, uh, 12 years or so that I've been, been doing headphones on, on the gig. And it, it makes it really consistent for me, whether I'm in the studio, whether I'm teaching, whether I'm playing live. I've yes. got the same environment, and uh, I'm comfortable with it. But uh, it's become a little bit of a signature, I guess. People kind of recognize that I'm I'm using the headphones, and uh, that's just uh, I just what they expect to see, I guess, when they, they they see me. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a tribute to like the you know the guys that laid the groundwork, like your Keith Moons and your John Bonhams and Neil Perts. But I was just curious from using monitors and headphones if. Like you could get the same kind of traction, like if you just wanted to listen to certain bass or like uh, guitar arrangements versus having to listen to it all with just having on. Headphones. Well, I listen. I, I mean, you know, as as a band leader, I listen to everything. Yeah. And sure. uh, you know, I, I take advantage of the the full stereo spectrum, so 
I'll spread things out to a very extreme degree so that, I mean, I may have Gary right in the middle, but I may have, you know, Joe Don and, and, and Jay pretty spread out. And then I might have my vocal and Mike's vocal very spread out. And then I've, you know, I've got one guitar on one side of the stage, another guitar on the other side of the stage. Um, I've got everything spread out to a point where I, I, just from what direction it's coming from, I know exactly what it is and I can hear everybody and uh, not to the point where they're overly influential on me. I mean, I've got, you know, I'm playing with the click track and I need to be really more the one that's laying that down, laying that relationship down. And most of, even though other people have the click track, their primary job, it, for me, mine is I'm playing with the click and for them, they're playing with me. And, yeah. uh, and that way, you know, we can kind of keep everything in sync. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, being rhythm and, and, and keeping the time. Yeah. That, that's just what I was so, I was curious about, like, like what was going on with you, but I see where it makes sense where you, you would want to listen to everything since you're leading the, uh, the charge there. Yeah. And I've got, I've got two microphones. I've got one for singing and I've got another one for speaking to the, the entire band and crew. Everybody can hear me. That's awesome. And, uh, and, and compliments to you. I just from hearing you talk, you sound like you'd have a great singing voice, kind of like Earl Thomas Conley. <laughs> I have a, I have a decent singing voice. Um, I like to sing. Uh, I, I really, actually, I love singing harmony. Yeah. And so, with with Rascal Flatts, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I obviously the three of them are amazing singers, and so they don't need me that much. But um, but there are occasions in the show where there's four of us singing, or there's five of us singing. And a couple of years ago, we did an acapella thing where there was seven of us singing, and that was actually something that I arranged. If you ever went on YouTube and looked up Rascal Flatts singing like Pharrell's Happy, that was an uh-huh. arrangement I did. I that was an arrangement I did for the band. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I totally dig stuff like that. I figured with "Here's to You," a uh, song like that, they would need a little bit of extra help as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we're we're definitely always ganging up on uh, certain vocals like that. But there's a lot of times where, you know, maybe Gary singing lead and then, um, you know, the three that me and Jay and Joe Don might be singing like a, a, a three part harmony. Ooh, or ah, that kind of thing. Um, there's there's a lot of little moments in the show that are like that. And it becomes second nature to me to, to be able to sing. And to you know also be able to go over to the other mic and actually give Gary cues if he needs them. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, I've um, I've got a question for you. Which this is would, would probably be more for the people that's going to listen because I, I heard it explained one time. Um, but the the name Rascal Flats, the the uh-huh. behind that. Yeah. So um, pretty interesting. You know the guys got a record deal and they literally did not have a legitimate name when they were playing in the clubs they were playing under the name deuces wild so when we were playing tuesday night it was deuces wild well there was no way they were going to go under the name deuces wild that's just you know that just wasn't going to happen yeah so there was other little there was other little names being tossed around one of the one of the awful ones that i remember was oklahio (laughs) 
you know, because there was uh, one guy from Oklahoma and two guys from Ohio in the band. Um, but ultimately, they're like, boy, we just we don't have a name. So they're pretty desperate. They were still playing over at, at the club, and they they kind of put the word out, going, hey, you know, we just signed this record deal. We're making a record. If, if you guys, if you got a name, just th- we're desperate. Just throw it out at us. And um, there was this uh, this uh, piano player, a guy named. Uh, went by the, the name Je- Jelly Roll, um, and he <laughs> yeah. um, walked up to uh, Je- to Jay and said, you know, he said, I, I had a-, a garage band in the 60s and never did anything. He said, but um, he says, I always liked the name, and uh, he says the name of it was uh, Rascal Flatts, and if you guys want that, you can have it. And um, they went, huh. Rascal Flatts, and the more they they said it, the more it kind of um, stuck with them. And um, so they ended up writing up a little um, agreement on a napkin, saying that you know that they were buying that name for them, and they gave them, you know, they gave them some amount of money to buy that name. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, and so the real question is, why did Jelly Roll name his band Rascal? <laughs> That's the real question. Yeah. The answer is that that was a nickname for an area of town where he grew up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had, uh, I, I went to the Huckabee show once, and, and Jay was one of the guests on there, and he shared some of that story. But I, I didn't. He didn't say that about the napkin and all that, but. He just mentioned it was a guy that came up soon. So that is uh, that's awesome. Thank you for the extra information there, and I'm sure for oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. very first time they've ever heard any of it. So. That's pretty uh-huh. good. I feel enlightened now. I'll look good at trivia night when we get to go back out in public. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I, I I know you're a you know you're a man that of uh you know well traveled. You're originally from Massachusetts, came here with a dream and accomplished it all. Um, I just had to ask you, what do you feel about Brady being a Buccaneer now? Well, I mean, I'm still processing that one. Um, I'm a, a huge Boston sports fan. I've got uh, Brady's jersey up on my uh, wall signed. Wow. I've never, I, I, I've, I've never met uh, Tom Brady, um, but uh, I, I have some friends in the organization. So I had it. I bought a jersey the day I went to a game. And one and my buddy who worked for the organization, he now works for the Lions, but at the time he was working for the Patriots, and he he brought it down to Tom and had him sign it for me. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, so I mean, um, I'm so grateful for the last 20 years of just amazing football, and you know, he, he's. I think he gets a bad rap for certain things. I think he's a super classy player and individual. And, you know, I don't quite understand the reasons behind why he would want to do that. But, you know, you or I probably can't really understand the motivation of somebody who's been to that many championships and they've played that many seasons. And, you know, who knows, maybe he feels like, the only thing he has left to prove is to do it without Bill Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
you know, maybe it's just he's like, you know what, I don't care about my legacy. I just want to go have some fun. I like Tampa. I have no idea. I thought it was an odd, an odd fit, but you know they're a good, they're a good organization, not a great one, um, but hopefully they can, uh, they can, they can do some some interesting things. It's going to be weird seeing uh, Tom for everybody. It's going to be one of those weird things, like seeing Brett Favre as a uh, as a Viking. Right. You know? yeah. It just, it's just not going to make a lot of sense. And then when we look back in it, you know, in history. We're going to go, oh, that was really weird. It's like that time Shaq was a Celtic, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Or like, you know, it's just, Montana was with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of weird ones like that. You know, we just have to kind of get used to it. But, uh, you know, um, I'm still, I'm still a, a, a Boston fan, so I'll, I'll be cheering for the, the Patriots and, uh, but I, I'm I'm I also like the the Tennessee Titans. They've kind of become you know the Patriots South, kind of the yeah. way that they're run. Uh, you know, with with a lot of their organization emanating from originally from the Patriots organization. So uh, I like what they do. And uh, the truth is, I'm just a sports fan. I, I can watch it and not have a dog in the hunt and really enjoy it. Uh, I'm that way with football. I, I'm also somewhat that way with basketball. I'm a fan of all these amazing athletes and uh, I can't wait to get back to a point where we can actually watch them do their thing. I hear it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you with the Titans, but uh, uh, Brandon and I, our uh, headquarters is in Columbia, Tennessee, the home of Shaq Mason. Do you have any Shaq Mason stuff? No, I mean, I mean, obviously, yeah, he's, he's, he's an awesome player. Um, but uh, no, I do not. No, I do not. I, I, I've only got a couple of things. Um, uh, ironically, I have a, I have a, I have a, a, a Wes Welker jersey. Oh, that's cool. Um, who, you know, I, I, I never, I never put it up and framed it because he, 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 I went to the Super Bowl, and he dropped, he dropped the pass that probably would have given them first down and goal. And uh, they would have won the Super Bowl, and I happened to get, end up at one of the Super Bowls that they lost to the Giants. So, oh um, So that wasn't. I, so I was like, yeah, I'm not putting that up there. I, I don't think I can, I can <laughs> spend the money to frame that. Yeah. I decided. I said I'm just going to put champions up on the wall. So right now I've got 2004 Johnny Damon jersey up on the wall. I've got a, uh, uh, a, a 2000, uh, I think 10. Uh, Tom Brady jersey, and uh, I have a uh, I have a John Elway just because he's he's been a really great friend of the band, and he's somebody that I've I've met and known personally, and uh, he's champion, so I, I I have his jersey up on the wall as well. That's cool. Well, uh, the reason I said uh, we see Shaq uh, in off season, he's really big in the community. If if I can ever catch him, I'll I'll try to get something signed and, and ship. It oh man, for, yeah, for being on the show, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, well, like I said, we won't take up too much more of your time. I know, you know, education and music is very important to you, you know, by watching you and how you uh, talk about the importance of it. Let's talk about your drum dojo and your uh, your instructions and your, your classes and everything and how to get linked up with that for people who are wanting to yeah. drum. Yeah, well, that, that's where I am right now. I'm sitting in my – I'm sitting in my uh, my drum dojo lounge right now, which I got a, you know, a flat screen TV, a couple of – 
couple of couches and, uh, and, 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 and this is where people, you know, wait when they're, they're getting ready to come in and take uh, a lesson with me. It's also where I, I spent some time with some of my younger students working on the drum pad, you know, kind of working on fundamentals. And then uh, in my, in my, my big room uh, right now, I have six drum sets set up and they kind of range from the first kit that I ever played with Rascal Flatts to the last kit I played with Mark Chestnut to the, the last one that I played on the last Rascal Flatts record. I got the one from the 2010 tour and I've got the one I used on the 2008 and nine tour. So those are the ones I've got set up right now. Um, and um, yeah, so it's a little bit of a, when you, when you come to the drum dojo, my, my, it, it, it's great to be able to play all this great gear, but if you're, you're at all familiar with any of my kits, you're going, Oh man, that's the kit you were playing when I saw you, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, you know, Normally, what I what I do is I've got like usually three three programs going. I've got my Drum Dojo Academy where I I work with kids from sixth grade to twelfth grade in group lessons, and they come and study with me. I do private lessons, and I do those private lessons. I've always done them in person, and I've always done them all over the internet. And of course now everything I just mentioned I'm doing over the internet. So my drum dojo Academy kids, I'm meeting with them on Mondays and Tuesdays in their classes over yeah. the internet. That's awesome. That's, that's been pretty wild. And then I, I, uh, all of my, my private lessons temporarily have been, you know, moved over to, uh, to online. So we're using zoom, which I'm sure everybody's getting very familiar with. Yeah. Um, as a uh, as a medium that's been very effective very good for drumming and um the, the final thing i do is i do my my drum dojo weekend camps where what happened was i, I would have these kids come in for these classes and, and i was like man wouldn't it be cool if i could get a bunch of adults in here for a class so um i decided to um to, to have some some weekends and 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 I love it because, you know, my numbers are small. I'll have between, you know, usually I have about between six and eight. My, I usually have seven people studying with me. So I'll set up an extra kit. I'll have actually eight kits set up in here. And um, I love it. People come and, you know, spend the weekend. They stay at one of the local hotels and they, you know, the, usually the people that are, are driving pick up the people that, you know, flew in and they all drive over here together. And we spend, we spend three days in my, uh, in my studio, just kind of working and trying to, uh, trying to get better. And it's, uh, it's always a blast. And I was actually, it's a bummer. I was supposed to do one next weekend and, uh, you know, everybody's on hold for that one. So I'm hoping to be able to reschedule depending on, you know, the, uh, the, the governor's mandates uh, for Tennessee, I'm hoping to reschedule that maybe as early as next month. Yeah. And then, you know, try to be able to invite some other people at some different points uh, this year. But uh, there's a lot of things about our schedule right now that are kind of up in the air. So I'm having to be very fluid. And like I said, I was very grateful to get a call from my, my, my good friend and boss, you know, Gary Levock today. Just, I think just trying to make everybody feel like, Hey man, you know, we got your back, you know, we're, everything's going to be okay kind of thing. 
Yeah. And that's hearing right. that from the boss, man, it makes you feel really good. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, we need we need that music. I mean, music is everything and keeps us going. And uh, like I said, everything you know, uh, hopefully, will be back in order within a month or so. And uh, you know, like I'm just thankful for the time right now, just learning from you and listening. It just it keeps a guy like me sane, who who is a fan of music and all the stuff you create. So I really appreciate uh, you taking the time. And um, give everybody your your uh, website, your socials, if they want to do some drumming with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in- Instagram and Instagram Messenger is really easy because that's uh, that's Jim Riley Music. Um, all of my social handles are are are, uh, are Jim Riley Music, and um, you can you know on Facebook and and uh, Twitter. Although Instagram's you know probably the easiest one to reach out to me on. Uh, I'll definitely answer your uh, your message on there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'd lo- love to hear from you. I mean. Uh, I, I plan to do a little bit more uh, videoing. The truth is, is I've been very busy recording. I, I record a lot of music for clients um, remotely, and I, I've, I've I've actually had a lot of work doing that. So between my, you know, you think, well, you know, we're we're all kind of stuck at home, but really, I've been almost busier here lately than I was, you know, when we weren't sequestered. And uh, it is funny. My 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 bandmate Travis Foy plays banjo and steel with Rascal Flatts. He has for a long time. He uh, he he uh, texts me. He says it's amazing how much my um, my uh, my stay at home life resembles my my regular life because he's home, you know, recording stuff for people like he always is, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, it all makes sense. I mean, the, the train's got to keep rolling somehow, and when you're in demand, I mean, uh, I can totally understand. And yeah, what I'm doing is, is that uh, I'm taking advantage, and, uh, you know, I'll look up somebody that I really admire, such as yourself, and just do a shot in the dark and see if you'll talk to me, and I really appreciate you doing that. It means, it means a lot to uh, guys like me who really love uh, love your efforts out there in the music community. Well, I, I'm, I'm always open to that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, you know, I – I feel like there's been, you know, people along the way that helped me, and I definitely want to be able to give back in that way. Um, you know, that's what I what I do with my with my teaching, and I try to I try to spend time with people that uh, that that, that want to learn and want to get better, and even just people that are listening that just want to be inspired. That if you have a you know a, a dream to do something that you love for a living, that you know I just want you to know that you know I'm living proof that that you know that can be done. You know, with with just uh, you know, with some hard work and some focus, um, and just the uh, just that ability to, you know, to, to to take a couple of no's before you get that yes. And that wraps up another edition of the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Special thanks to guests comedian John Reap, drummer Jim Riley. The church comedian, Mr. Brennan, Pastor Brennan Skelton, for lending his talents and helping me co-host this week both segments. Uh, most importantly, I want to thank you, the listeners. Without you, this is not possible. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to my show. It's a lot of fun to do. If you know anybody you think would be a good guest, have them hit me up, Belcher at hotmail.com. Now, I pray for your safety and your well-being. And I want you to remember that I love you for you and where you're at in this juncture in life so uh, thank you so much and we'll catch you later on down the week stay safe 
stay healthy and stay quarantined and do the best you can with what you're working with until we can get the world as we know it back up and running. We'll catch you next time. All right, see you later. Bye.